0: What up, everybody? Dustin and David here from The Rugged Arts, welcoming you back to another fun and exciting episode. Thanks for tuning in today and choosing to spend a little bit of your time here with us. So, without further ado, this is The Rugged Arts.
1: Alright, we're back at it. Dave here, and joined with me is their good old friend, Nick. Celebrity
0: guest, Nick.
1: That's right, our celebrity guest. I don't know, man. As much as you're on, I don't know if we can call you a guest anymore. I
0: yeah, I kind of like, I kind of like uh, just local podcast guest Nick Root. <laughs> that sounds fun. I'll just show up. That's
1: right, as it should be. Um, right on. So lots going on these days. We just finished up the first leg of the Archery World uh, Indoor Classic. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah.
0: Um, Did pretty good. I mean. Well, I would say you did pretty good. It wasn't, you know, what you wanted to do because you were trying to shoot for top ten. But well, your yeah. goal was to not be in the bottom, and you achieved the goal.
1: Right. I, I, given the, given all the factors, and I think we talked about it on the last week's podcast too. So I don't want to dwell too much. But given all the factors, yeah, I feel like I did, I did fine, and I've since gone to the range and shot better. Uh, so I, I'm positive for future outings. Um, uh, we're going to look up the winners here because, uh, of course, well, you got them right there?
0: I got them right here. All right. So, I know nobody on that list apart from you, the Archery World staff, and Bodie.
1: Right. <laughs> right. Road to the Buckle Standings. I like that. Uh, the woman's bare bow. Oh, wow. We had uh shelfer yeah Shelfer took first place and Loren took a hundred uh, took second place and then Mel Barabo was Taylor for first Kaufman for second and Wallace for third and then let's see here. Was it just the
0: Oh, here's a woman's bare bow. It's not super phone friendly.
1: No, that's all right. Looks like uh, Stephanie took first for women's bow hunter freestyle. Yeah, I don't
0: I don't know her. I know Emily and she's really good.
1: Yeah. Emily uh, Emily, Emily Emily. I know her. I just haven't put the face to the name for some reason, but I know you're talking about. She her. had the raffle tickets. Yeah, okay. Anyway, Emily took second, and Samantha took third.
0: I think those are the specifically the shoot off results here. Yeah, those are the right shoot off
1: results. That was fun to watch. Uh, I'd never seen that kind of format before. Well, I never. I mean, I've seen it on TV, okay, but here we go. They do okay. a big group shoot down, where you shoot for top scores on nine arrows and. It's like single elimination brackets, and then once you get down to the top four, then it's the fourth and third slot go against each other, the winner goes against the second slot, the winner goes against the first. slot. The better
0: you do, the more fresh your shoulder is by the time it comes to compete, from what it sounds like.
1: True. True.
0: So I, you gotta, you got to at least have some measure of endurance to participate.
1: Yeah, oh Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I would agree with that. Well, and you know, I don't know. I mean, day one, you shoot 660. I mean, that's, you know, it's what? 60 arrows. 60 arrows, yeah. You know, and then you're, so, but day two, you shoot nine arrows for an elimination brackets, then maybe another nine. So you're not doing a ton of shooting day two. And if you if you can handle the six sixty the day before or the sixty arrows the day before, you're pretty.
0: pretty yeah. You know, I mean,
1: a, a lot few of extra the, arrows aren't going to hurt you. A
0: lot of the people that do these, you know, indoor shooting, they're pretty proficient as far as endurance goes, because you know, look at events like Bonanza. You have a hundred targets over two days, right? Or is it a hundred targets a day for two days?
1: No, it's. Uh, I think it was fifty. In one day, fifty the next fifty and then 35? yeah 50, forty so I mean you get so yeah, and put then, in your practice shots and you're up at a hundred shots between the, over the weekend
0: yeah, so I mean it's but still back to back to back to back like that can get tiring sure so something to to account for like when i when I come out here, we're at skookum right now, I shoot you know more than what I would have targets for just because I want to make sure I'm never ever shooting whatever that baseline is Mm -hmm. like there's 14 targets on a course i probably shoot 28 arrows walking through one course depending on you know what day it is do a couple courses shoot close to 100 arrows sure because i mean when i was out with uh, back issues a couple weeks back i didn't shoot at all and i come back out here and i'm like where's my anchor point right why is this so difficult
1: (laughs) yep no that's a very real thing your anchor will will uh will wander, call it the wandering anchor, yep. you know, and and if you're, and, and honestly, the darn thing is too, is that once you get everything set the way you like, it, of course that takes time, well, eventually you get comfortable, your shoulders relax, they drop, you know, kind of, they don't hunch up as tight, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and that does make your, your anchor want to wander a little bit, um, there's a
0: deer just yeah, hanging out deer. right there. She she's got a couple a couple fawns that follow her around from last year, I think that's that might be. Is she I don't. Oh yeah, that's the that's the mom. Yeah.
1: Our hike tech studio here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, there's actually a spike
0: in here. Funny too.
1: story. Oh no, I know he's been around for years. So funny story about though this little herd. <laughs> I was out here shooting years ago, um, and. I got onto the back course here, a D course, or whatever it is, uh, and they had two targets set up. It was for, like, the, what was it, Thursday night 3Ds that Doug puts on. Years ago. Years ago, yeah. And he had a big old buck target sitting out there, and then at, at like, 55 yards or something, it was a poke, right? Yeah. And then somewhere around 35 yards is another buck. It's like, well... We shoot them both, or yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I got I got the full draw, and I started to come down on it, and that's when I noticed. You know, I started to like actually paying attention this, to the target.
0: This 3D target's blinking.
1: Yeah, and then it moved. Like, Holy Christ, that's a daggum real buck. Look at that. that.
0: Okay, so that is probably at least here. That is my biggest fear that I'm going. To, I'm going to be on like say the unknown yardage course, which has 3D targets. Mm-hmm. Or you know any of these targets, and I'm I'm at full draw. I let one go, and then from out of nowhere, a deer comes bounding through, and it's like that um, that that baseball pitch where the was Randy, Randy something who was the baseball Central? guy? No, uh, he was a pitcher back in oh whatever. Hits just randomly hits a pigeon that had flown right. through. Right. Yep, I've seen the that. the stadium. Like, that's going to be how I end up, <laughs> and I feel so bad, too.
1: Getting asked not to come back to the club. Yeah. That actually happened. A guy poached a deer off this property years back.
0: I would um, never do it intentionally. Like, I like coming Oh, no, he here, came I out like... with a
1: broadhead and a oh. quiver and everything. Like, he.
0: Yeah, no. Yeah. But uh, going back to your list, because I figured yeah, out. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I figured out how to work the phone.
0: Um, so you got the women's open, right? Yep. Oh, wait, no, let's go back. So we had bare bow. We mm-hmm. have the men's bow hunter freestyle, yep. right? So you got, uh, Tim Davis, Aaron Turnbull, Nathan Moffat, uh, respectively first, second and third. Mm-hmm. Then you have the women's open. Um, and I believe, uh, Kaylee and Isabel who took, uh, yep. first and second, they're from here. And they're usually shooting here on, uh, I think, Wednesdays or Thursdays, when the weather's not absolutely... Or atrocious. Yeah, garbage like it is right now.
1: Yep. They're also twins. Yep. Just fun to watch them, you know, the sibling rivalry as they compete for the same pot, the same trophy.
0: Oh, they were out here for the the Skookum uh, members picnic thing, too. Oh, nice. They did some really cool shooting. Uh, We had a 120-yard steel target. Okay. Trying to sink arrows into that middle, I mm-hmm. busted a couple of them. Yeah. But I oh. got I got into the the target too. Yep.
1: At 120 yep. yards, I don't know if I'd even throw an arrow at that.
0: I, I mean,
1: I mean I would. I would. But I,
0: was, I, was I
1: wouldn't throw it with an any expectation to see. Well, again, I should until now I've shot bowhunter freestyle, so I'm a five pin. I'm pinned out to 60. Mm-hmm. So anything out over 60, I'm.
0: I'm stacking. There's, there's a guy with so a, 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 a stick bow came out here, just oh, yeah. skydrew and landed one somewhere on the foam that was around you know, the It's target. funny you
1: mention it because uh, every once in a while I use a, my stick bow. I it in the trunk actually. Um, for me, 100 yards is like the back of my pinky knuckle. <laughs> it's just that's where it's at. So I'll line it up, look over. All right, that's a you know bottom of my palm. Roughly. Well, roughly, right. It'll put it in the bale. Wouldn't take it at an animal, but...
0: No, God, no. That deer's just hanging Munching out. Munching on her butt. Well, that too, but... I mean, so, since this is radio, we have to describe what we're seeing. And this deer is just... The, the, the last five minutes just has been nonstop grooming.
1: I just think it's fun that she's that comfortable...
0: Yeah, she'll, she'll let you get probably about 10 feet away, and then she'll book it. It's pretty good. but They're pretty chill, I mean, as far as deer go. And then you have uh, Men's Open, which is, of course, uh, Bodie Turner with his Perfect 660. Jesus, yep. Uh, $1,000 for that.
1: Yeah, well, uh, not I mean, for being perfect, but for well,
0: first place. For first place, I mean, perfect will get you first place. So, And you have uh, Ryan Zam. Uh, in second. Joe Malicote. Yep. Uh, in fifth. They've got, I think that they listed these. I'm not sure how they listed these because it goes first, second, fifth, sixth, third, fourth. Right? Weird. And I don't know if it has to do. I probably just
1: forgot to organize. Oh, it's, ex- oh uh, it's
0: organized by the aggregate score, not yeah. by the total score. Oh. Um, so
1: someone is higher in aggregate than they are in placings.
0: There you go. That's kind of cool. Then uh, Brandon Hendrickson in sixth place, mm-hmm. Jeff Hines in third, and he had a six thirty six on his score, with uh, Ryan Zam shooting six forty two for second, and Ryan, world famous archer Ryan Black, <laughs> just in fourth place. Only just, fourth? Yep, yeah. just barely. Just barely. Six thirty two. So it was well, it was neck and neck. Oh uh, yeah, because there's. Looking at this list and looking at the top, what is this, Uh, three, top seven, within the top ten, but we'll say, oh, I I wish this was listed by their actual score and not aggregate score. It's the first one, though, so it is their actual score. Oh, it's not, because this is all over the place over here.
1: Okay, we're not, we gotta take a look here. Oh, see, they... it goes, it goes. Oh, this is what they scored during the, yeah. the run up, and then he got aggregate, the. Uh, right?
0: Yeah, I got yeah. you. Because so. I, I, I like you... looking at the the score totals in in a high low situation, so that you can see the differential between right. these shooters well, you... and where the where that drop off occurs at some point.
1: If you if you look at you know okay, Bodie was the you know the phenomenon of six sixty, nope. but. If you get down to all the guys that were fighting them, you have a Ryan Zam at a 6.42, which is really good. Everyone else is Wait, a 6.39 or a 6.30-something, right? So there's about you know. a 10-point swing here, but it's all—you've got your your 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th place are all in that 6.30 range, which tells me that's kind of what you would expect from a top-end shooter. And You need, and then to, you need one to or two be that be shooting kinda...
0: somewhere in that 6.30 range yep. if you're trying to, to podium Right. And then just look at the sign-up sheet, and for me, I see Bodie's name on the list. I'm like, let's, I'll just, I'll do the next one.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. But see, here's what I like about the shoot-down, right? Is you could have, I mean, you could shoot a, a 6, whatever, like a 6, let's say you shot like a 620 or mm-hmm. a 610 even. It got you to the shoot-down, Right. Once you're at the shootdown, it's single elimination, head to head against a different another archer. So you could find yourself in the top four spots if you had a good day that day. True. You know.
0: And looking at looking at the points too, that seems to be what happened too, because you have uh, Blake Jerome shooting 652 ends with an aggregate score of 745, which was you know about 55 points to before he would have even hit podium status.
1: Right. So it's a really fun format and uh Oh we got a few more to read yep, off. We got
0: well we just got a couple more. We got women's bare bow or sorry not barebow, bow hunter freestyle. So uh like we were saying, Stephanie Roosted uh in first, Emily Nelson oh no, they got a got... The aggregates and actual placings is killing me. So, Emily's in first. <laughs> yeah. Stephanie's in second. Mm-hmm. And Samantha Lucas is in third.
1: Nice.
0: And then you have uh, the youth male. I think that's YM is youth male open. Yeah. Um, only one participant. So, if you have a youth that is interested in bow hunting or bow shooting, bow competition, uh, same with a youth female.
1: There's not there's, much competition.
0: Get them in there. Because, I mean, there's not... The, Until there's a ton of people placing, then one, it's podium just is who came in what place, not how many people participated, right? Right. Uh, You know, take that, take that win, build some confidence, whatever. And now the steer's just bedded down, which is adorable.
1: So, you know, and and, and we talk a lot about winning and placing and all this, but I I didn't get in the sport to win. I got in the sport because I enjoyed shooting archery. Now... If you do it a lot and you dedicate it, you put practice, you, winning odds become higher, you know. Yep. But come out, enjoy them, do the any shoot, whether it be an indoor, outdoor, you know, field, FIDA, 3D, Safari. There's tons of options out there.
0: Um, See, and that's why when I first started shooting tournaments, I, I just didn't even turn my scorecard in. Because I'm like...
1: A lot of people say that.
0: I just, I go and I shoot and I'm like... You know, I'm a newbie. I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not gonna place. I don't, don't even need to worry about turning my scorecard because I'm just gonna feel bad having my score compared uh, against other people who have been doing this for much longer. But then I've come to find out that, you know, trophies and placement, it don't really matter how many people participate. Cause that it just says first, it doesn't say you're the only guy who turned in his scorecard. Right. So, like, it, and I've learned, I you know, and I've won a couple tournaments because I'm the only person to turn in my scorecard. And you know what? I'll take it, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, well, and the, totally, I mean, yeah, it nobody remembers, you know, who did what, whatever, a couple of years from now, and you're looking at your wall full of trophies, but I personally. Say, you know, even if you know that you, you know, shot horribly or whatever, not shot horribly, let me rephrase that. That conveys the wrong imagery. Even if you don't think your scorecard is a winning scorecard, turn it in and see where you stand. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times you will be surprised that, okay, maybe you didn't win, but you're middle of the pack. You're an average shooter. Or maybe you're a little bit higher than in the middle of the pack. You know, maybe you're creeping up on the top bracket and you're only a few points away, because a lot of times in a 3D or in, not so much in a 3D, but in, let's say, a, a safari, where it's a known distance competition, the separation between the top 10 plus shooters is a point, two points, yep. you know? And there's a lot of places where everyone ties because, again, it's a known distance shoot, and so the the one of the biggest factors of yardage guessing is removed. So you'd be surprised you find out, oh my god, I'm only really down
0: five points. Well, and if you don't benchmark yourself, then you really don't have any, you know, idea of of how to improve, right? So, for me, at least now, with turning in my scorecards, I want to uh, just see where I am and what I need to improve to Mm -hmm. at least, you know, start being able to compare my scores realistically... To the people who are winning these tournaments, right? We're all we're all making noises. There now. we
1: are, <laughs> baby life, dad <laughs> life. Our listeners know it's real life out here, people. <laughs> we got kids. Um, what? Okay, so speaking of different events, I know that next month starts, or no, is it this month?
0: It's either the end of this month or the middle of next month. Uh, no, it's
1: beginning of next month. Indoor um, season starts. Indoor starts. Uh, and that runs for a few weeks it's not a really long time though it's fairly short uh but it's six. you have to shoot six events. but the beauty of it is you can go to any w s a a sponsored club or indoor or whatever and shoot your round whenever it's convenient for you to do so
0: that's the is that the color shoot mail in mm mm-hmm. okay and and how does that work like you shoot your shots. And then, like, mail your scores, or...
1: Yeah, I believe... uh, Right, you would have... Yes, I did
0: shoot all X's.
1: That's right, perfect (laughs) shooter. So what they do is they have, like, a club member there,
0: you know, if you're going to a WSA
1: um, charter member club, and so it'll be someone there needs to, quote, witness or Mm -hmm. sign off on your scorecard.
0: I was curious how they would do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't say there's never any cheating, but, or people get real forgiving with whether or not they touch the line. I don't know. That's why you've done an indoor,
0: but. I figure for next year, uh, because eventually we'll start, we'll transition this conversation into into builds and whatnot, but for next year, you know, having multiple bows, I'm going to have one set up to shoot (laughs) logs for for target shooting where rings and breaking rings counts i'm going to shoot the biggest legally allowed log that i can find sure and that's that's what i'll shoot for those
1: so i have i have two uh thoughts on this right i I like the aim small miss small mentality oh i agree and and yet you got a spider i did (laughs) uh and yet i also understand that yeah man i had a i had probably i probably left six or seven points out there yeah because i mean i was right there within a fat shaft of that line and could have had it
0: no and i get it because as a as a a gamer right okay you're always trying to meta game whatever you're doing and you're trying to not break the rules but bend the rules in such a way that it's advantageous to you right because if you break the rules you're cheating
1: you're right if
0: you follow the rules to the letter or bend them as far as you can that's still within the confines of the game okay. and in archery if you break that line you score the points which is why you know people that really take this seriously find these i think it's like 26 millimeter arrow shafts that's the biggest they can shoot Because that has the most likelihood of breaking those lines and scoring the higher points. Mm -hmm. What I believe, though, is that you should have to shoot a tiny shaft. And if you want to score, you need to be inside out.
1: (laughs) This guy in his inside out. Yeah. Because (laughs) if you... To me, it... it, I shot like three X's all night that were inside out.
0: Hey, you know, and if you had been shooting even tinier arrows... And had your left-right been perfect, then you probably would have shot more. But... The idea that you can, to me at least, if you're not inside out, it's sloppy. And we don't allow slop and pool. Why should it be allowed in archery? Archery is about accuracy and consistency. The idea
1: is to have your arrow touch what you are aiming at. Mm -hmm. My arrow is touching the outside of the 10. It's still touching the 10.
0: And and I get that the rules say that right. and I follow the rules, but in my opinion, the accuracy sh- should be what matters.
1: So then where do, where's the breakdown then? Well, it would so shift the meta. What's the No, no, I I get you, but what's the what's the the considered inside up? If it's touching the line at all, then it's not all the way in. Yeah. So it doesn't count. You have yep. to get the lower score. Yep. But if I haven't broken all the way through that black line,
0: well, then you scored the score that you wanted, right? But if you break okay. that line, you scored the, the lower score.
1: See, I'd have to go half shaft. Because half if more than half my arrow is in the thing I was aiming at, hey, I hit the thing I was aiming at, Jack.
0: Mm. See, I I think it should be, you have to, there's no, if you break a line, then you automatically get the lower score. That's that how I change, think it should be. That would change the
1: game, it for would. sure.
0: It would, because it would require, the the meta would shift, Everyone would have micro, micro arrows, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody's shooting low-pound bows, micro arrows, trying to get these things as close to the X as possible. But it would improve accuracy overall, too. I don't think it would. Or you would see the, the players... You would see a shift in the players to those who are more accurate no, rising to the top. I don't think so. Why?
1: Because they're all, everyone is already doing their darndest to hit dead center we're not trying to hit the line with the fat shaft and be just as far out as we can be and still be in um. we're trying to dead center punch it every time we're going to take the score if you know our fat shaft still cuts it but we were we know it wasn't where we wanted it we're still trying to get it dead center I'm just, I'm just I mean, saying. the more dead center you, I mean, cause let's face it, fat shaft is giving you an in when you would have otherwise been out, which yep. is telling you that that shot was, should have been out. Yeah. So you're still trying to get as center, get as much middle as possible.
0: Well, you know? no, and I agree with you. I'm just saying it would, you would have to be better to get that tiny one where you want it to be rather than.
1: I think what would really on, happen is, on the outside. again, because I think everyone is already trying to center punch regardless of the size of their arrow, I think all you would really see is a shift in what a lead score is. Instead of being maybe. a 660,
0: right? Well, maybe they would have maybe realistic it's a 600. Or
1: it's a 600. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think that's more likely the outcome. I think you're going to see the same quality of shooting. You're just going to get lower scores turned in, and that's what everyone does. You know. Because, I mean, the guys that are top-notch in this sport i mean they don't take i you know slopped it a little bit they're not happy about that
0: yeah you know (laughs) no i I mean i've watched like the vegas tournaments and stuff and i get Mm -hmm. it these guys they're shooting you know a target that's the size of a dime inside out at you know 20 25 yards they're they're good sure i'm just saying that for me i would prefer if you were required to be more accurate
1: you know, it's interesting. You mentioned that um, you mentioned that uh, Vegas shoot. And when they get down and they're doing a shoot down and they're trying to get to their top three shooters, after a while they do, they start going inside out for the X's. Like, if you can't absolutely center punch that, nope.
0: you're out. And oh, and it's it's really cool when they have, you know, like 30, 30 people on the line. And you're just like, all right, when is somebody going to get eliminated? Guys, come on right and this is getting kind of boring because they're all it's like it's the same reason i like i like archery and i'll watch archery i'm not saying it's boring but it's for the very same reason that i don't like watching baseball is mm. because the athletes participating are too good right so if a ball gets hit into the air someone is catching it unless it's a home run right, right. Or, or rather a out of the park home run that's why baseball is boring is because they're all very proficient at the sport in which they're partaking which is why the shootout like you you get maybe one or two people eliminated in the first round then it's like everybody's shooting perfectly you know for however many rounds until somebody starts getting tired Mm -hmm. and then people start getting eliminated
1: you know, it, it, I, I share that I, I, I do watch like the indoor tournaments of archery sometimes, but not super religiously for similar reasons. You know, it, it's, I enjoy it, but it's not the most thrilling thing in the world yep. because the men's open class, they are. They're just steady tacking that 11, you know, or 10, or however they're scoring it, you know. And I will say, though, that I really enjoy watching the um, bare bow class. Like, I watched the Lancaster's, you know, classic. And when it's bare bow, I mean, yeah, they're getting in that center point quite a few times, but they're also throwing some eights and some sevens out there, you know, some sixes. You're like, ooh, we just dropped like five, six points in one arrow. He must be out. But then the next guy, you know, two rounds later drops an arrow out there, and he, the other guy has three dead centers, you know. So there's a lot of dynamic there where you can watch them kind of, you can watch them shift around a lot in points, and you never know who's going to
0: win till it's over. I, I mean, as someone who's, I've shot recurve. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I went down to Orion and, and did that. I have a level of respect for the people that can do that. It's not me. I, have, <laughs> I don't have the patience for it. You know, compound archery is is where I want to be. Like,
1: I, I, I'll say it like this: I think you can get really good with both. You know, if, if you put the time in. But I'll say that compound, you get, let's say, proficient. You know, you get hunt in a hunting level way faster than you would with a recurve. But I think you can get there with both.
0: Well, you know, but... with recurve, you've got maybe two indicators for where your arrow's going to land. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, you have a compound bow, you've got... And everything or anything you can throw on the bow to, to tell you where your arrows are going to land. So, I mean, that's why I personally prefer compound archery uh, or even just not bare bow because yeah. I, I just don't have the patience and I know I'd get frustrated and not have fun trying to get everything perfect.
1: I agree, and it's with well, the same reasons, it's a lot of the same reasons I shoot compound, but I keep my recurve. Uh, one, because it's humbling. <laughs> I'm a great archer. Yeah, here's a stick and a string, dude. Ooh, ooh, I need my sights. I need my release. I need my stabilizer. No, okay.
0: I might be able to hit paper.
1: Right. But I will say, I I find that I shoot my compound better after I've done a few days with the recurve. Keeps you honest. Keeps you honest. It makes you fundamentals. It makes the grip come back. And you're holding the full draw weight. And you can't relax into it and get sloppy like you can your compound.
0: So. Well, see, that's that's uh why I'm kind of looking forward to the new bow build is because I'm going to mess around with my holding weight. Mm-hmm. I'm going to change up my lead off. I think I'm probably going to shoot uh 80%. I've oh. been spoiled the last what you year. Shooting? 90.
1: Oh, good. No, you need to drop it to like 65. Like, I'll
0: think about it.
1: <laughs> well you're building a target or you building a hunting bow hunting bow okay well in that case yeah eighty would be perfect um I,
0: a little I extra juice it. on the shot but yeah. you know not drastically increasing my holding weight no 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 not at all
1: uh i've i've always uh i've always had eighty percent let offs and I, they're easy to hold for time um you've recently been building a lot that you built new arrows recently yep. that were just so studly
0: yeah i didn't i didn't want to cover all of the all of the parts while we're not recording um but i've got uh i think it's victory vaps uh 300 spine decided mm-hmm. to go micro diameter this year because like yep. we were talking earlier everything in in aero building is a trade-off right mm-hmm. so i'm picking up micro shafts to account for wind potential mm-hmm. wind issues but at the same time i'm maybe evening that out or negating it because i'm also shooting four veins this year yeah but i've noticed you know i've I've built a bunch of test arrows this year and i've shot them all together the the four veins stabilize almost immediately out of the bow Mm -hmm. which is nice yeah and there's just a little i'm not even a second but like microseconds of a delay if there's an issue with the arrow flight before 3 fledge kicks in.
1: Yeah.
0: Also, I swapped from, uh, like, a one-degree right helical to a max helical. Really? Which is fun. Um, Because you can just see, as soon as that arrow kicks out, Mm -hmm. it turns into, like, a football spiral. Like a perfect Tom Brady spiral. (laughs) And you're just like, yes, I know how to... I am an archer now. Um
1: now did you did you bear shaft uh, uh, tune your arrows and then see which way they're rotating off your bow?
0: No. Okay. Um, I you know I've have I've seen videos on it. I've seen, you know, Paige Pierce's video about how an arrow will clock left or clock right. Mm-hmm on any given Sunday, right? Right. Like, it's not... Some people, like, it always... If your bow likes an arrow shooting a certain way, it's always going to shoot that way. I shoot right helical because it keeps uh, my field tips and my arrow shafts from unscrewing. Um, and it's convenient, right? I mean, I used to use a little bit of string wax but on the threads, but that's just me. Mm. Um, and then... Also, uh, shooting extra weight up front this year. Because I was using, I think they're like 14 grain inserts. Comes on a... Wow. Well, um, yep. That is an incident that happened.
1: Uh, <laughs> Play with the sister.
0: Uh, but I, I jumped up from the 14 grain insert that comes on a gold tip.
1: Yeah.
0: To a 75 grain insert.
1: Oh, nice. With what tip?
0: With a 125 grain tip.
1: Oh,
0: wow. So it's 200 up front, and so I'm pushing that FOC up just a little bit more. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. (laughs) Well, I was shooting, you know, 125 up front with 14, but, you know, dipping it up even further. So my total arrow weight, with all parts combined, is somewhere roughly around 480 grains. God damn. And at 70 pounds, that puts it somewhere, I want to say, in like the 288 feet per second range that's
1: it oh i'm sorry yeah that that's makes it. sense <laughs> no your weight zero your so damn heavy i'm shooting 308 on a 10 11 year old bow yeah but
0: my arrows are sub 400 so yeah like no i mean yeah if heavy. you're if you're shooting but they're you like, know i'm i'm trying to build a catch-all arrow right for game animals yeah. in washington state western washington you did it the only thing... That knock
1: him down. My time. arrow is
0: overkill for turkey. Oh, a little but bit. But it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's going through. Yeah. Like. I mean, it might take
1: half the turkey with it, but... <laughs> hey,
0: you know, if I can if I can develop a shot process that dresses this turkey while I'm shooting it, <laughs> right. then that saves... It's going uh, the Texas uh, heart saves, every time. It's just yep. going to take it all with it right out the front. Oh, I love that term. Texas heart shot. That's Google right. that one, everybody.
1: Um... <laughs> um no, that's great. And I, uh, uh, and on a purely cosmetic point, I, he showed me a picture of these these arrows. He's got this custom flat, uh, custom wrap. It's green and white.
0: It's it's okay. So the wrap itself is um, a five-inch wrap. It's from Whitewater Archery, and it is uh, green, purple with I think a couple white lines yeah um but i i love i love the contrast of flow green and yeah. and dark or deep royal purple uh, mostly because it's it's two colors that when combined kind of uh indicate right. like toxicity in nature yeah, yeah, yeah um so I don't know it just looks cool to me right, it and, does look cool. it looks
1: and really then I
0: got cool. my flow green knocks, and everything kind of falls into place oh no they
1: look savage man.
0: Um, I'm shooting, like I was telling you earlier, I'm shooting tack veins this year. Uh, I heard, I heard some negative reviews on them, uh, that you don't get enough, uh, adhesion with them. And I think that a lot of it has to do with how you fletch your arrows. Yeah. Um, they do require a little bit more force because they are a harder plastic. So they need to be pressed down, get a nice solid contact point. But so far with my shooting, I haven't had any issues And I've cut the noise that my arrows make in half. Which is nice. Which, I mean, from the shooter's standpoint, if you can hear the difference in arrows, I'm sure that an animal hears the difference. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how much that accounts for. But if I can remove anything, apart from weight, which I'm actively trying to remove in the first place, but if Mm -hmm. I can remove noise from the arrows, then I think I've done a a halfway decent job.
1: Sure. Oh, yeah, I'm excited to see it. Uh, You're waiting until you get your... Your new bow before nope. you put all that on there, but.
0: And I'm I'm stoked about this new bow too. I don't oh, know how much more hard drive space you got. Oh, we can record forever, but. Um, or um, how much time you got? We'll
1: probably probably wrap it up here in a minute, just so we can go shoot, man. I mean, we all would like to shoot our bows. It stopped raining, so.
0: Well, I've got I've got the uh, the new 2022 Levitate coming. Oh, nice! And I I cannot wait to shoot this thing, dude. Uh. Then throwing all my accessories on there, like a, I got that Spot Hog tri- triple stack. I got to figure out my stabilizer situation
1: because mm-hmm.
0: I like, you know, tinkering. Always be tinkering. Yeah, as you should be. Well, I, yeah, tinker
1: till you get something well, then set until up. You get
0: your perfect setup,
1: and then just leave it alone. I don't yep. care if it doesn't shoot perfect. Just leave it alone. Let yourself get used to it. That's that's something. I, any new archer, I tell you, is is get your setup, whatever it is. It can be just a junker out of the. You know, I don't want to say junker. I'm sorry, that's biases there. You know, you get yourself a box store pre build, right? It's whisker biscuit and a three pin true glow and whatever, and go out and shoot it, and just stick with it. Yep. Shoot it till it's comfortable. Shoot it till you're comfortable with it. Shoot it in, you know, put. Archery is accuracy by volume. You know, you very few people pick up a bow and within a day are, are, are driving tax It takes time, and every time you change something,
0: you change everything.
1: You change everything. So I know I've had a, have a buddy of mine. He kept, you know, he, he put something on. It's the newest greatest thing. He loves it. He'd go to an event, he'd shoot like crap, he'd go home and he'd change something. He'd put a new sight on it and then come back out, shoot an event, shoot like crap, go home, put a new stabilizer on it. You know, it never gave himself time
0: to get comfortable and familiar with the equipment. Yep. Well, and I understand that mentality too. Because like when I first started shooting, and I, I get that it's not, you're never going to be able to buy better shots. Right. But when you're a beginning archer or, you know, a... a middle archer you don't know how things are supposed to feel so you don't know how to articulate those things to whoever might be setting up your bow when i got my first bow set up hello i got my first bow set up they're like well how's your peep feel i'm like i don't know how is it supposed to feel like how am i am i because we're you know you're indoor you're drawing this bow back you're trying to see if your peep is aligned and as a brand new archer I have no idea what I'm supposed to be looking for, right? right? And and now, you know, I've, I've shot for the better part of two years at mm-hmm. this point. I know where I want my peep. I know exactly what I want my anchor point to be set up as. So I can get everything and just be confident and consistent. Now I know how to articulate those things. Right. But I can see a new archer going out. Buying this, buying that, need a different stabilizer, need a different sight, got to get a different rest. Everything's going to make me better. When in reality, you just have to get used to the equipment you're using and figure out what you like. Yep. And where where you could improve. Sure.
1: I agree 100%. Um, I Point in case, I've been shooting the same bow for 10 years or so now. I mean, it, it, it's time for an upgrade, but I'm comfortable with it. I like it. You know? Well, I recently put new stabilizer, a back bar, which I've never had, uh, a new sight, a new peep on the old frame. And when they set the peep and they go, is it good? Pulled it back. Yeah, sure. It's it's good. I shot the event, um, the Archery World event with the peep in that position. I shot it. A- few more times now and I got to practicing and last time I was in there I moved it up almost a quarter inch.
0: Did you rotate it yet?
1: No. Well we've been trying to, yeah.
0: But no I mean like the actual peep did you turn it cuz I think you have it on the short draw grooves and not your actual No, it lines, draw it, lines, it, lines it lines up. Well your peep sits I'm I'm holding It'll my be... hand at a downward Yeah, right. like 20 angle. It's not lining angle. up correctly.
1: But but what I'm saying is even I who have been shooting this same bow for a long time had my peep in quote the wrong spot until I shot probably ninety arrows through it hundred arrows through it and it's like you know what you're right this doesn't I'm just not settling in and I moved that up and oh that's why yep you know so get used to your equipment with all that being said the next uh thing coming up for the rugged arts is this Friday is dropping the uh top pin uh Second video, because it's a two-part series, so that's dropping this week, and then next week will be the the uh, archery world video we're talking about. Nice, nice. Um, so look for that. That's maybe two part or two. So we're gonna do the um, how I fared day one, and the video kind of on that kind of mentality of, of, and then the second day is gonna be more like a coverage of the finals, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so. <laughs> Alright. Kids are getting restless.
0: Hashtag dad life. Eh,
1: dad dad life. Alright. We'll see y'all next week.
0: Have, have a, a good peace. one. And there you have it, folks. Another episode concludes. For more cool entertainment, subscribe to our YouTube channel or follow us on Instagram, be sure to give us a like and a share. If you're looking to contact us directly, we can always be reached by email, theruggedarts at yahoo.com. Be sure to tune in next week, but for now, this is Dustin and Dave, and remember, hunt hard, hunt smart, and be safe.